Welcome to the Joys of the Journey. My name is Svetlina. And I'm Christian. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about, uh, for, uh, about our background and our life. Before we moved to the United States, we've been here for 20 years. And uh, yeah, I think, I think we're going to kind of try to summarize it in very kind of quick, maybe 30 minutes. But anyway, so do you want to go first or I'll go first? You can go first. All right. So I was born and raised in Bulgaria. Uh, I was born in the city Plovdiv. It's the second bigger city in Bulgaria. And it's the best city in Bulgaria. <laughs> and um, my family was not even middle class, I would say. We, we had a lot of rough times. And sometimes I just don't want to talk about it because I just push this in just in the past. But I have a sister. We are four and a half years apart and we are best friends now. Not when we were younger. When we were younger, we were just trying to kill each other, like every sibling relationship. And I started fencing when I was 10 years old. I've done a lot of sports and I just, I was terrible at it. I wanted to compete though. That was the thing. But... Um, I was afraid even if somebody throws a ball at me and I was like kind of closing my eyes and putting my hands in front of me. So I remember I did swimming. I was drowning. I did um, I did gymnastics. I wasn't flexible enough. I quit the, after the first week. And and then I did, um, what did I, I tried to do track and I was afraid of this. Like uh, when you do high jump, what is the... The, the, the hurdles? Like the, you got to jump over the... Oh, high jump? Yeah. The pole? Yeah. I was afraid of the pole. <clears throat> And and I did ballroom dancing, and I think I was good at it. It's just I didn't have a partner, and I quit because I wanted to compete. So then one day I saw one of my friends in the neighborhood, and she came home. And she was walking with a medal on her neck, and I'm like, what is this? And she's like, I'm fencing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this? So it's a sword fighting for whoever doesn't know. And I went with her and signed myself for fencing. So back then, it was government government subsidized, so you can go and sign yourself. You don't need parents or anything. I mean, Eastern Europe is different. Yeah, usually, like, coaches will go to schools and try to recruit uh, kids from the schools to sign up for their club, pretty much. That's, again, also government subsidized. <coughs> subsidized. Yeah. So then I went home and I told my mom, I start fencing. She's like, excuse me? Because I'm the firstborn daughter. She imagined gymnastics, dancing, anything but sword fighting. And I do remember my dad was so excited because I think he fenced for a little bit, maybe a month. But he was very excited because he always wanted to have a boy. And when I was born, they didn't know the sex of the baby, obviously. And the nurses told, told him, congratulations, you have a girl. He's like, that's not my kid. <laughs> so that's how bad he wanted to have a boy. But anyway, um, I think me and my sister have lived pretty like a tough, tomboy kind of life in a way we were pretty tough and and then I start fencing and I start competing nationally internationally uh it was I'm not gonna go into details of every aspect but I'm coming from incredible close family the family values the all those things are a big deal for me and I I try now with Chris to implement this in our own family with the kids and then we met with Chris when we went to One World Cup in Paris. But I'm going to let him talk about his background, and then we're going to continue. Well, I was uh, <clears throat> born and raised in uh, Bulgaria, in the city of Sofia. Uh, my story is a little bit different, where <clears throat> kind of we lived uh, downtown, so everything was close by for me. 
in terms of <clears throat> my kindergarten was across the street my daycare was two streets across my uh my uh everything school elementary school my high school my training but then uh so at first i again as uh teddy said as kids we go through a lot of sports so every summer i kind of assign myself like a kind of couple of months because our summer in, usually in bulgaria we spend about three months off of school so we have plenty of time and i one year i would focus on basketball one year i'll focus on table tennis one year i'll focus on beach volleyball swimming as she said with swimming everybody went through the same thing of almost drowning <laughs> that was twice for me and it's like uh, working for trying to make yes, the navy seal team <laughs> twice for me once i got to this uh uh water bike i kind of grabbed myself and i let myself go and then i end up being underwater so eventually a couple seconds later somebody pulled me out of the water so that was <laughs> one of my uh unsuccessful tries at swimming <laughs> So anyways, uh I started off with uh soccer. I was really into soccer kind of as a training. I don't want to say competitive because I never went too competitive in soccer, but I went to every single position you can think of in soccer. Last one was goalie and then towards the end I was like, okay, one of the days uh, me and my friends from my school, we played with sticks in the yard and he shared with me that he's a fencing and i mean in my background my father was a fencing coach for 50 years and when i was uh when i was getting when i was a kid he was actually national coach he traveled a lot so i don't know if maybe i didn't get much the idea of getting introduced to it because he was traveling a lot and back in the day it used to be like okay you go and do a three-week camp or four-week camp you compete and then you go to another three-week four-week camp and then you compete again so it's like a year year-round cycle and uh <clears throat> so i was more into soccer because that's really nobody can nobody pushed me into anything so then towards when i was maybe 13 i decided to switch to fencing and give it a try because it looked like f something fun oh. and then uh when my dad finished being the coach, the national coach, then he had more time to train me, actually. So every day after school, we would train more. I feel individually. this is a, sorry for interrupting. I feel like this is every parent kind of dream in the back of the mind, even though every parent is like, I don't care what my kids do, but you always kind of hope a little bit that they're going to do maybe what you're doing. Yeah. So, but one of the things is that it, at the end, he knew a lot of coaches that were into soccer. So at the end, he, they were just honest and say, okay, there is no hope here. And so, Chris, by the way, Chris plays really good soccer, so I'm not sure. So who I apparently not good enough for the time, and uh, and then I switched to fencing, and I started training and studying gradually, once, twice a week, three times, four, until I was able even to train nine to ten times a week, so morning and afternoon, because we had like double shift practices. So we can, if we and have the, a second shift in school, school I can play, train yeah. in the morning, study, go to school, and then train in the afternoon. Then it started. I had only in. 14 and under, I just had only like one tournament and then, but I started training a lot more after, so I was able to catch up quick, mm -hmm. started to travel international. I liked the idea and the whole idea with the USA came up because me and my dad came to the US for a competition for world championships. I competed in cadet and in junior and he was a referee, international referee right before the 2000 Olympics in Sydney. So that was an interesting thing when I came here. I really liked it and I told him I was still in high school and I told him you got to find a way to make it happen 
and kind of help us change our life because I don't know in the Bulgaria was again I don't know I had I don't think I had any struggles in Bulgaria but at the same time I saw what you didn't see opportunities I see, yes I was kind of like we kind of had one route of going to the sports uh, university getting a coach's degree there but then I was like well I see a really good opportunity from all the movies for everything and finally when I experienced it being here we were in the beautiful South Bend in uh, the University of Notre Dame so I was like oh my gosh that's amazing we gotta try and make this happen and the next year my dad immigrated and I followed after that yeah And so we met, so we're going to connect the story. So we met when uh, I was representing the women's saber in Bulgaria. And we went to a World Cup with Chris in Paris. And and that's how the magic happened. And um, I just feel like, I mean, this is probably going to be a story eventually for our, our relationship and our marriage and everything. But um, I just feel like when you see so- something in someone that you've always thought that it might never gonna see in a person like the respect and and being kind and 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 being smart and all these things and I think those those are the qualities that attracted me to me to you because I didn't really know you as a person because we never hang out together on the tournaments we uh, so the uh, guys from his city and the girls they were hanging out with each other but when us from my city we were hanging out with a lot of other cities so I think there was kind of separation so we never hung out I never even had in my mind when we were traveling that I'm going to be attracted to him in any way, which was very interesting because there were three boys that were traveling from his town and his friends actually, because they trained together and I was by myself and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what I'm going to do. And that's how, you know, it happened. And then we kept the relationship going and um, we started living together. So actually two months later, after we started dating, then we had our prom. Chris came to my prom after 12 o'clock because in Bulgaria is a little different. You party until 12 and then start going to clubs. So I kind of did similar with his prom and, and crazy because we kind of, we moved on very quickly, like living together and stuff from the moment we start dating. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had to, after graduation, immediately I had to go to the army. To the army. Kind of wanted to get the service done. So I had no problem <clears throat> after that. Going to the United States eventually. Yeah. And this is interesting because for me, it was re- this was really rough time. First of all, we didn't know if you were going to be in the sports army after the 45 days you guys have training. And for those who are now the younger generation, you think like, yeah, you can text, you can this. No, you you have almost no access to the people that are going for training. You don't even know what happens for 45 days sometimes. You might get a letter or something, but it's super limited. Yeah, I had the the surprise of, yeah, they said, go, if you want to talk to the phone, go there, ring that button. And I went, I rang the button, and then I had to wash 400 dishes (laughs) for three hours. But I made the phone call after. (laughs) I think you called me, right? Yeah. We're not going to share this with your mom that you called me and call her. <laughs> I think I called her to let her know. <laughs> this is so funny. Like, did you tell somebody else to ring the bell, the button? No, I think one more person <laughs> wanted to do a phone call. So we were two of us. We created this line of somebody was brushing, somebody was rinsing. So it was a funny story. Um, it yeah. was a good lesson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't press the button. <laughs> so then... Uh, Chris's dad came to United States. Six months later, Chris came to United States. Then I came to United States. 
And then our rough times began. I mean, as a, I mean, he had his dad here, of course, obviously, you know, for him it was probably a little bit easy, but I had nobody. We were still dating. We didn't know what's going to happen with our relationship. And uh, yeah, there were a lot of thoughts. Like I remember I was on the plane and I was like, where am I going? Like my parents took long for me to fly. It's, it was just like kind of sad times for me. Like you're questioning everything you do. I don't know if he's still into me in a way. Of course I love him, but you don't know. For six months we were separated. He was calling me whenever he can, but it was very expensive emails here and there. Um, it was just, it was insane. And, and, I just, I don't like thinking about it because it was rough on everybody. It was rough for my family. It was, it was rough for me because I left my grandparents there and I never saw them. So this is something I never want to talk about, but they want me to be here with him. And yeah, then I came. Yeah. And then we had kids. <laughs> yes. I mean, we got married, uh, 20, 2004. This is 20 years. 2004. Can you believe Now it's easier to remember, yes. <clears throat> so again, it's like tough times. We went through we went through a lot of diversity. We tried different things in terms of jobs, in terms of uh, where we where we lived. And then we started in California and then we ended up coming back to California. It's been, yeah, it's we been were in Chicago for now years. almost... 18 years since we've been back in California. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I feel it was like yesterday. And we've done a bunch of jobs. And um, I don't know if we should do another podcast for the different jobs we had. Or I don't know if it's going to be interesting. But we can mention them very quickly in this one. Or if somebody interested too in the comments, <laughs> we can leave it. And we can give it a more detailed I story. But I went through a lot of jobs. And... One way or another, it's interesting that with all the different jobs you have, you you completely got to learn a different field, which helps you. I mean, vocabulary, yeah. skill-wise. And then when years add up at different jobs, then you kind of... It helped us down the road, especially when we were like establishing the business, doing yeah. some uh, remodeling and this and that. and even in the house so it's I feel like every job has taught us something and I feel like for every person that has to go through you know different jobs and some obviously are going to be very hard physically mentally uh, the payment the pay is not going to be great but I've always believed that like no matter what kind of job you do you have to give a hundred percent because you're the one going to work this job and it's not your employee's fault that you're feeling miserable honestly I remember I was a waitress and 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 even though I had not so pleasant people sometimes, um, but I was trying my best to be as kind as I can just because I chose the job. And whatever kind of difficulties they're dealing with in their daily life or whatever happened, I didn't want this to affect me, but also I didn't want this to affect the way I'm uh, servicing other people. So so I think it's very important uh, to not be miserable, miserable with the job you have because change it if that doesn't work for you but you don't need to have to make everybody else's life kind of miserable because you're pissed off at whatever that is and that brings me back to my hairdressing yes. where i was nice to everybody and i was getting so many tips and stuff and people loved me even though at the beginning they were very cold with me and this and that but i was who i am and and i let them be quiet if they don't want to talk and i talk to them when they want it and and this changed the whole dynamic. And I think everybody has the power to change every situation and every set. Yeah. I mean, it's, for me, one of the toughest times was probably having when we started the first defensive club. 
and as our business and it was funny because we signed the lease we didn't know we need permits we didn't know we need <laughs> this is how we start business <laughs> ada requirements we just signed the lease we started putting floor in there how one of our friends helped us my dad helped us with some gear and then that was stuff like i would say that was probably for me one of the that was the toughest no, five years because because we had our first uh, kid and but then i was busy almost 70 hours a week working so which was i started working from 6 30 until 2 2 30 and then after that we had the club until eight o'clock so it was tough and we had no employees back then so we were supposed to we were supposed to do every single yeah. classes lessons competitive yeah. recreational marketing billing like you name it and at the same time i had that full-time job and it was just it was it was a lot i mean it, yeah but it, the bottom line is it in in the u.s i don't know if everywhere now maybe in europe is more kind of also like uh as an opportunity but in the u.s you can work 24 7 365 like you can go from one job to another you can finish one job jump into your car become an uber from there you can go <laughs> cut pizza deliver pizza <laughs> then you can go somewhere else yeah. uh, the sky is the limit the amount of jobs you can have but also you have to be smart about it because in chris's situation when the toughest time we were talking about those five years it's like he worked day job and the club and 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 then we had the and we had the kid in the meantime and it was so insane that actually we were making more money because yeah. we were paying taxes. But then <clears throat> this put a lot of pressure on our relationship. And I think we're going to talk about, especially this part, because I really want to emphasize it in our, um, about our marriage and our yes. anniversary, because it's something important that we learned. And I want to kind of maybe show you, I mean, kind of give you our kind of side of the story and how we passed through that tough time. Because when everything goes like bananas your relation your relationship is going to go that way too in a way because he's angry about what's happening i was angry about everything that is happening and and yeah but there's got to be a balance so i mean that's the bottom line so it's but it's tough i mean at the moment when even when we were in chicago and then i i i, I will never forget this i went from i started working as a teller and I go and I take off my in suit and then I go to a pizza place and managing the pizza place and delivering pizza and then going back, putting the suit, go in the bank, sleep, <laughs> wake up. It was like, let's the thing for the two key, weeks was crazy. Let's mention the Chris, uh, the couple days after he started the job. Yeah, I deposited like an $8,000 check <laughs> for somebody without a <laughs> endorsement on the back. So. But they knew the person, everything was fine. But it was like one of those <laughs> things like, oh my gosh, like what yes. did I do? So to wrap it up, like we've had plenty of jobs. We learned so much from them. I don't regret everything, any th single thing except one job. I've, I didn't actually mention it throughout the conversation. Guess which one? I mean, I've the talked, nails. No, I, there was the one. Cleaning? No, there is no. I don't. I don't. Yeah. There is one job that I did that I even to this day despise, and I am trying to learn. No, I'm trying to find out what I learned from it. What did I do for two years? Real estate. Oh, real estate. <laughs> <laughs> this is my nightmare. I can clean houses. I can clean toilets, I can clean everything, I can do all the jobs that I have done, building fences and painting houses. And the real estate is not a ball game. It's like, I probably can have like, I don't know how many episodes about my, my journey through the real estate. Yeah. <laughs> Run. 
Um, and that's pretty much yeah. it. But I, uh, that's pretty much it. But I think like all those things that happen has shaped us for who we are. And I honestly am proud of who we have become. I'm proud of Chris for all the shit he went through. And um, and yeah, and and we came out like stronger than ever. And I hope wiser than ever. And I really. I really wish like all of you have embraced the whole journey and see the light in the journey. And even though it's a rough time, it's a, it's a whatever months and seasons of life, you're going to get on the other side and you'll be turning and you'll be say, I'm glad that this happened because I learned so much and I reached to the next point. Yes. And for me, for me to summarize it, the bottom line is like, you gotta do really what you love because yeah. many kids do what their parents want them to do. Some kids really, find through high school and college what they really want to do. And I met even this year a person that, last year a person that he was a, was a engineer. He hated it. So then he was like, okay, I'm going to go to law school. He went to law school. So then he opened whole practice. He's like, okay, I like this, but yeah. I don't know, maybe I'll do something else. So now he ends up being an owner of a fencing club too. Yeah. And uh, for us, that's the bottom line. I mean, when we were in Chicago, we loved it the way it was with all the jobs that we had. I finally had one job. Yeah. And Tetsi had one job. But the bottom line was like, that's not what we really love. No. And it was temporary. The amazing part of this whole journey for us is that we now end up doing what we yeah. love doing. And yeah. one way or another, that was 2006. So that's like almost 18 years ago where yeah. we decided it doesn't matter how good it is right now. Yes. This is not us. This is not permanent. It's this temporary. is not us. And when yeah. the opportunity came around, we we dropped our salaries, income, anything, Everything. just to go back to fencing and what we love, to yeah. give it a start. And then later now, we are, again, proud business owners and coaches, and we love helping the kids. And again, it's like really... And also we uh, <laughs> love helping our coaches succeed because as we always say is like the success of the club is not mine is not Chris's is not individual person we are a team and I don't want anybody to call me boss I don't want any if I don't have my coaches I'm not going to be where am I today and that's what you got to stay humble you got to be real with yourself nobody's too good for a certain job I can I can still go and clean toilets and Chris knows sometimes in the club <laughs> I had to clean them and and this is what it is. This is what life is about. And I've never felt I'm better than anybody else. But I'm competing with myself. Yeah. Again, sometimes again, life throws you again curveballs. So then you gotta you gotta deal with it. I mean, not everything is ideal. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. And again, it's like life in general is like it's you gotta do your best. Again, usually when you're younger to kind of help yourself again maybe be more driven to your goals and instead of taking your 10 years do it in five years but again it's yeah it's not going to happen overnight obviously so that's yeah. that's what we've what, what we see yeah and i think we should wrap this episode because yes. i feel we went to another topic that we're going to discuss soon <laughs> thank you guys so much for watching the joys of the journey and if you um, have any questions follow the instagram account i created especially for this account the joys of the journey we're trying to do youtube obviously those videos are going to go up there and that's pretty much it i hope you have a beautiful day and we're going to try to keep it cool and inspire you more yes. and eventually <laughs> we're going to have more guests that i'm sure you're going to be very interesting to see what they're going to they're going to have to say all right all righty bye bye guys